welcome back to another episode of the Black Banner Podcast. I'm your host, Dawson Putoff. Our goal is to bring value to our listeners through personal successes and failures. If you enjoyed this episode in any way, please leave us a review and or share it with a friend who might also have some takeaways. Without further ado, let's hop right in. Welcome back to the Black Banner Podcast. Today we have my good friend, George, aka Jorge, on the podcast today. Thank you, This (laughs) this guy... uh, is the owner of my barbershop. Um, he has cut my hair in the past. Uh, and man, this guy, it's been cool because I've seen his barbershop just take off. And now I think you got two locations. You got one in Lee Summit, one in the Legends, which is in Kansas. Um, and so, man, just thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. So I, uh, I want to kind of give you uh, or kind of give the, the audience a little bit of uh, a backstory, who you are, um, where you came from. And we were kind of talking off mic a little bit. And you were telling me you moved to the United States in 20 or 2008. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So 2008 kind of, uh, and you're 15 years old. I was 15 years old when I moved. Gotcha. And then you, after that, where'd you go? Uh, I was in Miami. I lived with my dad until I was 20. And then that's when I met my wife. Okay. And then, you know, we got married. And then when I was 23, we decided to come over here when, when she got a scholarship as a medical assistant on the Everest. And we moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first job here was actually a call center. It's called USA, USA, USA 100. used mm-hmm. to be in Raytown. Uh, I was bilingual, so they got me in there. Oh, they yeah. needed some people to... I was picking up the phone calls from, you know, rooms to go or, like, people from the jail that they speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. They needed to put money on the books, all that. And one of her best friends told her, like, hey, look, there's, there's this flyer. That says, because um, I had told her, like, I'm either thinking on, I was a delivery driver back in, in Miami, so I was thinking either I want to be a barber, I want to be an uh, instructor, like a gym instructor, because in that time I was really fit. Hey. I came from Miami, I was doing calisthenics, I was oh, like, yeah. Up. yeah. I was very into that healthy, healthy, healthy life. Let's go. And I told her that I want to either charge $5 on every park. You know, I see a lot of people need it here. I'm like, let me, let me, let me, you know, maybe do like a, like a jump, five dollars, and you you come here and, and I teach you how to burn some burn some of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work out, so I started looking more into the barbering. Okay. And one day she came out. Her name is Raylinda, by the way. Shout out to Raylinda. She was the one who actually got me this flyer, and that's the reason I went that way. So she gave me a flyer where it say it's a Chris Grimshaw, and mm-hmm. it says um, it was Metro Barber College. It's up located on twenty seven in Cleveland. Not the best area to be. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm from Miami. I don't know addresses at this point. So she's like, they're giving a full rise scholarship if you write a 10 page essay. Ooh. Mind you, I don't know what an essay really is. Yeah, I barely write it for my ESA, ESO, <laughs> ESO class. Because ESO in mm-hmm. Miami is where like they put all the Hispanics. Like all the Hispanics go put in this ESO class. Or the no English people, they mm-hmm. get put in this ESO class, and then they got to graduate mm-hmm. from ESO so they can go to the regular high school classes. Oh, you know what I mean. So by the time I I was I was kind of like growing with the English, I was also at the same time learning. By the time I moved here is when I fluently started talking. So English was kind of like a bar- barrier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like it was kind of like very hard for me to overcome. Yeah, but. Going back to the essay story, I didn't know what an essay is. So I wrote, 
a resume, which in my country is like you read something and you write it about what you what you read. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, e essay here in the United States got a structure. Yeah. Like you gotta follow the structure, otherwise it's not an essay. Yeah. You need to have the certain format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man. So I just like I always been super genuine, and I wrote, and it was not ten pages. Obviously, I just was <laughs> the first page and the second page. So it was two pages essay, yeah. and man, uh, I get guy was with me. I was uh, very into a lot of attraction in that time. I was living in my uh, mother-in-law basement. Yeah. And I was just trying to kind of like, man, like I, I need to figure this out, like. Like, I see myself, this is what I want. I start in a new place, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I start looking into, like, Clipper, what is Clipper, what is Streamer. And I always loved going to the barbershop. Like, I felt like going to the barbershop, it was one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. To the point where, like, I'm going to have a small little story here in the middle of this. My dad didn't have enough money to keep me fresh all the time. And yeah. I wanted it to be, like, everybody in the school. Like, I wanted to be fresh every week. So it was one day where, like, he told me, look, I'm going to give you this $15. He took me to Walmart, so went to Walmart and got my first clippers. Was some wall clippers. Mm -hmm. Man, I remember spending an hour to two hours every Wednesday cutting just my sides. But I enjoy it so much. Okay, I don't know if you ever had something to where like anything could be happening. The end of the world could be happening. You won't stop doing it because you just enjoy it so much, and you just got start doing it. So you just realize like, man, this is really cool. Like yes. It's your moment where you escape from the matrix, basically. Yeah. Just put it that way. Yes. And, but it was, it was, you know, it was just for me. You know, eventually I grew, I started doing it myself, but I remember that thing, I think that thing left me, left me something in there. So when I, when I went to this, to the, gave the essay to the people, they called me. Two weeks after they called me and they said like, hey, George, you've been, you've been selected for a full ride scholarship. Because they were doing, they were giving two full ride scholarships for the ten year anniversary. Uh, I remember Byron and Steve, the owners of uh, Metro Barber College. Shout out to you guys, y'all gave me a whole ride scholarship. Wow! I think that was God. You know, a lot of people pay fourteen, fifteen thousand for these scholarships. They got to pay them back. Yeah. Um. So that went ahead, got my uh, got into got into school. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started going to school. It was very rough because we were living in this apartment in Lee Summit. It was so far from there to there. We only had one car. And I remember we even stayed without a car because my girl crashed that car one day going to pick me up from no. school. So it was it was a, a lot of challenges. Yeah. Um, we used to eat a lot of like frozen food from Walmart, those dollar ones with the macaroni with cheese. Bro. You know, I like we used yes. to like like, because I mean, I could have called my dad and say like, "Hey, man, I'm struggling. Yeah, I need to go back or like quit what I was doing." But I was like, I always saw the long, long, long term vision. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm never being a quitter, and I always saw that like, man, I'm a, I'm a thug it out. I'm, I know that if I'm gonna keep doing this, eventually it's gonna pay it off. Yeah. So long story short, one day a Colombian guy from my school he told me like, "Hey, George, I got this guy that." You know, he really don't mind. He just want to fill the chairs. Like, he he say, like, you just need to know a little bit. And if you get a cool people, good personality, you can make some money. By the name, that's his name is uh, Cruz Brothers. Amazing guy. He was the first guy who actually gave me an opportunity to be in a barbershop. Dude. Shoot out to that guy. Yeah. Uh, starting that barbershop, uh, when I started in that barbershop, I realized it's nothing like school. 
like school, you just go there and you're gonna charge for haircut. So people kind of abuse the fact that I want everything. Mm-hmm. Like I want everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yes. they know they're not gonna pay for it. You're talking I mean, the full cut. You're talking seven dollars for a full cut. Like I'm talking about. You got to Yeah. Show out for seven dollars. Yeah. But in you in school, you're getting hours. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's kind of like a, a fair trade. Like mm-hmm. you're giving me the experience and the time for me to learn. Yeah. And you're getting away with a whole cut. Now, the first time when you're first starting, the haircuts might be a little bad. Yeah. But when that well, barber is about to graduate, you see these like six people waiting for the barber on Saturdays now. You know what I mean? So it do it do help. Yeah. So going back to the other story, what, what was that we were talking about? So we're talking just like how, how you kind of came up in the barber community. So and that, so, yeah. So yeah, you got your scholarship. You went through this this course or class or schooling. Mm-hmm. And then once you graduated. I didn't graduate. You That's didn't graduate. The, the, the Colombian guy told me this in June, and I didn't graduate until December. Oh. But he, that was, he was just like, he knew I needed money. Mm-hmm. He knew that my school was from 9 in the morning until 3. Okay. So I couldn't be full time until five, but what other job am I be able to get after five? Like I, I didn't have, I only had one car with my wife. My wife yeah. was in that time working overnight. Bro, yeah. You know, so we had to kind of figure it out. Wow. So I remember like this one time I had to even, I was eating, <laughs> it was so bad. Um, what were we talking about in that part? I, I I got confused. No, you're good. I mean, we're just talking about the whole the process of how you got to where you Oh, yeah, are. yeah. So I went to the Cruz Brother, right? Mm-hmm. So once I went to Cruz Brother, I realized that it was not the same as the school, but I loved it because I learned a lot. I learned a different culture. I learned how the business is run. I learned how the owner of the business, he actually got to take care of the barbers. Like, I learned how how important is having that good relationship. Mind you, in this school, the barbers don't got a good relationship with the instructor because the instructor is always like, no, you got to go cut this, you got to go cut this. So it's not going to be always a nice relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in the barber shop, the guy's got a will. The barber, if you don't want to cut there, he, he just leave. Mm-hmm. So you got to approach them differently. Mm-hmm. And I learned that a lot from him. Uh, so I stayed there for like three months, I think, or a little less than that. And uh, we ended up having a little, a little problem it was actually for my immature. I was being immature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, one day I, I went after hours. He had gave me the key. That's the worst, that's the crazy part. He had not. He had never gave the key to any other barbers, but he gave me the key, and I was just there for three months. So people felt some type of way, yeah. but at the same time, I I I should look. I should have paid more attention to that because in that time I was young, so I, I never thought about it like that. Now, but if he gave me a key, that means that he saw something different in me. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. He trusts me the key. Absolutely. And if you had there four guys that have been there for, with you for like three, four years and you haven't given me the key, that's a lot. And you're saying the key to the building, right? To so like get in. To and, get in. Yep. So mind you, that day was a Sunday. We finished like at 12. But I don't remember what I did. I went. I think I went somewhere to get some drinks and I came back. I left my par- my car parked there. Well, you know, when you're drinking, sometimes you need to go take a pee. So I went inside and when I got out, he texted me. He's like, man, I, I really don't like you. you coming in after hours and this mm-hmm. and that. But you can see in the camera, I literally went to the bathroom, came out. Yeah. My my person being immature, I took it with my ego and I was like, you know what, bro? I'm gonna go draw tomorrow your book. He had gave me the book. I didn't even have them not enough money to buy me myself the book that for school. So he was giving it to me so I can learn. I went to return the book and I'm gonna give you the keys. And I think we're good because I had never steal. I'm never gonna steal. Like, I'm going to go get what is mine. I, I'm never going to be the type of person. But it was an immature part of me. And I remember that day, 
I was making in that barbershop when I first got to the barbershop, two to three hundred dollars a day. When I was in the USA hundred, I was making three hundred. I was making eight hundred every two weeks. Yeah. So when I when USA hundred called me, it's like you come you're planning on coming back. It's like no, nah, I'm not gonna go back. <laughs> I'm a barber now. Yeah. <laughs> like that. So it yeah. hurt. It hurt me. Yeah. When I left, when I had my ego, it hurt me because I had you know with the call center we were not really making a lot of money. It was mm-hmm. ten twelve thousand an hour, and my wife was working overnight. She like we were struggling. I believe. So my ego put me in a very worse situation. Because yeah. in that time, when I had just got to that place, two, three months, we had just got a different car because my Corolla was, wasn't was getting messed up. So all this is happening, and you ended up I'm you still ended up in the leaving. school. You're still in the school. And then did you end, did you end up leaving the school? Nah, I, I, I'm still struggling in the morning, waking up and doing all this while I'm doing this. Like, so when I left that, when I left that work, mm-hmm. I focused back on the school because I didn't have to leave after three to go cut over there. Yeah. That's how I was doing. So I was going, waking up at eight so I can be at school at nine yeah. and be there until three. And then at three, I'll leave, uh, I'll get to Cruz Brother at four and I'll work from four to nine. Wow. I mean, man, it sounds like you guys went through quite uh, a transition. Because uh, like now that I know you and seeing what you've done and how you've like the, the business that you've created, the barbershops and the, the environment that you created, yeah. like. There's very there's almost like two different Jorge's here, like the the Jorge that you're talking about, uh, and I love even as you're like you know I was young I was immature I had my ego, yeah, uh, and then now like I see you and like a humble guy you know what you've you've done you're confident in yourself, um, but I want to kind of fast track it's like when did you end up having the idea hey I want to start my own barbershop, that was okay so that was when I first when I opened my shop when well when I graduate. Before I graduate, I already had the Cruz Brothers, and I went to this uh, barbershop in Raytown. Mm-hmm. One day I was driving, I just stopped in there. And this, this is important, I explain you this, because this is what made me open my own. Cool. At that point, I was like, man, I just found out I can make money as a barber. I'm not thinking of opening my business. I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to cut people. I'm trying to have clients. So I, mm-hmm. Mind you, I had never made $300 in a day with my hands before. Yeah. At least not the legal way. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But it changed my perspective for money, you know what I mean? It changed everything. It made me realize, like, man, I can really do this. There's really tax rackets. Like, there's it's, it's different levels in this shit. Mm-hmm. And so when I went over there, went to this barbershop in Raytown. It was a black barbershop. Mm-hmm. Uh, came in. The guy was there. And he saw me. It's like I told him, like, hey, bro, so, you know, I'm, I'm from Miami. I just moved here. I'm in Metro Barber College. I'm about to graduate. I'm looking for a place to cut. And he's like, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, um, you got any of your cuts? So I show him my cuts. He liked it. He's like, man, let me give you a call back in a couple of days. I got a barber that he, he's been messing up. So if he ain't going, you come in. Yeah. He called me two days after. Man, I'm still struggling. I'm, I'm looking. I was pulling up to people that I used to cut in the school. And I used to charge them 6 to $7 in their house just so I can put some money on gas. Yeah. Like, it was bad, man. That's tough. And then uh, the guy called me. I go back to the barber shop. His name is Jazz. He passed away uh, oh, bro. two years ago. One of the best guys that taught me a lot, taught me taught me the business, taught me how to how to be straightforward, and he taught me how to be a people person. Because mm. he told me, when you're straightforward and a people person, people won't take your kindness for weakness. Yes. That's good. And he stayed with me forever. That's so, good advice, man. So was, he he taught you 
that if you are straightforward, that people won't take your kindness as weakness. Yeah. But still being a people person. Yeah. Because this is the guy that you will call in high school like the clown of the class. Like, this guy will make you smile, will make you feel good. You're talking about LeBron. You're talking about Michael Jordan. Then you stuck. <laughs> it was the traditional barbershop, and I loved it. That's awesome. Only bad thing I didn't like, that was, and we, I, I got to mention it, not to bash my brother business at all. It was experience. It was a journey. Mm-hmm. But this was what made me open mind. You know, he the culture that he had put in the shop was, uh, it had a lot of betting. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of gambling. And I liked it in a way because I come from Miami, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm used to all this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's being the mingle. But I realized the effect customer service was. Mm. Like if you have your wife and you know that this barbershop is like that, mm-hmm. you're not going to send your beautiful wife to get your son hair color. Yeah, I got you. Because you're going to feel like, and they're going to be flirting to my wife. They're going to be checking her out. Yeah. The kid might hear something. We don't, might see something. You know what I mean? So you're, you're looking at a target audience and you're saying, hey, this is my customer base, my clientele that I want to kind of go after. And I'm going to create an environment that's going to cultivate them. That happened because the way I was running my business, I came out of school hungry, bro. The teacher taught me, you got to be aggressive. Like, you cannot be like, when you're in school, when you're a barber, he told me, this is Byron. Be, he's, still, <clears throat> he's still alive. He's still good, man. If you keep seeing this, I love you. Uh, he was like, man, when you're in the barbershop, you got to be aggressive. You cannot be like, did you already cut? Did you already cut? you next. <laughs> Open the cake. Yeah. you next. So that 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 made me aggressive, but at the same time, the barbershop, the other barbershop, he showed me like, okay, this is not what I want. People started giving me $40, $50 for the cut when I was charging $25 for the cut in that barbershop. Hmm. Then I realized, I was like, man, you know what? The way I'm conducting my business, the way I carry myself, my presence, my conversation, like I'm in the wrong place. Like people's not going to want to pay me. Like I'm not asking you to pay me this. People is giving it to me, and I had that use a lot of car dealership guys. Mm-hmm. I met this one guy. He starts sending me hella people, and these people that is scholarship guys. People make a hundred to two hundred k a year. Yep, they expect a nice service. Yep, and I was giving the nice service, but I realized it started messing with my clientele because they even told me it's like, man, I don't, you need to open your shop. Like, oh, okay, like this is this is not the place for you to be. Like, you're not gonna grow. Yep. So your Long- clientele kind of told you, hey, you need to you need to branch out, do your own thing. And so then... Something more classy. So you opened your shop when? What year? That was... Okay, so that was 2018, July the 12th. I'm going to see a brief story about that before I open my business. Yeah. When I opened... When I was... I decided to open my business. I did my business plan. I'm like, okay, what I need? I need my license. I need license the business. I need a bunch of license that I didn't know how to get. Yes. Mind you, I'm, I'm in a new city. I don't know anything. So one, one of the guys that... Car guys, mm-hmm. he told me one day, it's like, man, if you ever want to invest, like, if you ever want to do anything, let me know. I would love to invest in you. And in that time, I told myself, like, man, you know what? Like, I think it's time. Like, I only have, I have some money saved, but it was not quite a lot. I could have opened a $7,000 shop, but it was just going to be, like, another Kansas City shop. So I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be something different because I knew that my concept was going to be different. Mm-hmm. I just needed to get the funds. So, okay, so I told the, I talked to the guy one day, and I told her, like, look, I'm planning on opening my shop. I can give you some type of percentage, but I have, I'm having this problem. 
uh, I had go to that spot where you know where it's at. Mm-hmm. And I had talked to the guy. He's like, hey, man, you know, I would love to buy your shop. I would love to. I would love to work for you. However, you want to do it. Like I, I want to like t- teach me. <clears throat> this is before I wanted to open my shop. I just went to see the guy. There was a barbershop before there. And you're talking about the Lee Summit shop. Yeah, yep. there was okay. a barbershop. There was a, a bald guy. I've been there. I was there. I've been there once before when I was a young kid. So the guy, that's how old he was in there. Yeah. He was 20 years in there, bro. Bro. Yeah. He was. So he's the fourth guy since that place got built. Uh-huh. I'm the fifth. Okay. And they all had to be in barbers. That's funny. So um, the guy, I told the guys, like, hey, man, you know, I'm trying, I'm hungry. I'm trying to learn. Um, I would love to start establishing Lee Summit. Man, the dude looked at me up and down. And he's like, man, you can't afford Lee Summit. It's like, you, sh- you shouldn't. You know, I, I'm too busy, man. I like to work by myself. You know, I you need you need to show assets to, to, to be in this shopping. And mm. I don't think you got that. So, man, a year after... I grind like a motherfucker that year. Yeah. Because that shit, I took that shit personal. Yeah, I bet. I grind like a motherfucker that year. I cut out a case. I had some problems because in that time I had split for my wife. I, I went into a big tribulation right before right before I opened my shop. I went into a big tribulation that I would say even almost got me homeless because it was so hard. I didn't have a place in that time. One of my friends had given me a truck because when I split for my girl, I have to leave that one car we had. I'm not gonna take my girl and take the. I'm not gonna take the apartment, get my girl out and take and keep the car. You gotta be a gentleman, right? Yeah. Especially if you fucked up. So I left the car, yeah. left the apartment, and I had to leave. So I went through a big tribulation there, but after I, I started little by little getting better on that, I told myself uh, to this guy, I told him like, "Look, man, I got this much. I'm trying to open the shop." Then I caught the case, so the guy was kind of scared that. I will not was not gonna be here long enough for me mm-hmm. for you know he if he invests anything yeah. and you go to go back mm-hmm. or you gotta go to jail yeah. what, what how I'ma stay my investment you know what I mean yeah. so I understood it so a year passed I fixed everything I paid a lot on lawyers Daniel Miller was my lawyer shout out to Daniel Miller <laughs> he's located there's a lot of shout outs today a lot of shout you got a lot of people in your corner that's helped you out yeah bro God is good like that's amazing God is good man that's all I can say so um. I told him, like, hey, I got this money. What if I give you this percentage? You come come join the vision. Mm-hmm. Bro, he had the vision with me. Um, I didn't know how to get there because I needed, like, to. Sh- it was true. The guy was not lying. But when I went to there to call Block and I told him, like, hey, I'm trying to get this spot. It's like, okay, they say this much. I was kind of scared. But I was like, man, no, I can do it. And then they, you need these. You need these. have this money in the bank account. You need to have show these. I'm like, shit, I fucking really need it. I yeah. really, I'm really going to have to turn to this guy because I need him now. Yeah. So I explain him everything. Well, this guy is pretty wealthy. He's, he's, um, he runs multiple stores and yeah. he's doing pretty good for himself. It's awesome. So he told me like, bro, don't worry about it. I got you. Well, I had to buy him on the contract. So I had to really yeah. partner with this guy. Yeah. Like, partnered up. Yeah. So I went, but he had everything. He had all the, all the notes that they told me. He got it for you. So just because you added him on, gave he, you he the... complete my puzzle. Yeah, that's amazing. I saw my idea basically. It's like, hey, look, I got this vision. I'm from Miami. This is how it's supposed to go. This is how shops are here. The closest that head guy like that is salons, but salons don't give you the good haircut. Yep. So I think I can get that plus that, make this, mm-hmm. and we run from it. Yeah. 
and he found he he believed in the vision, so we we took the ball and ran with it. That's awesome. So I opened the first shop. Yep. Uh, this guy even knew so many people. They built that shit so quick. Uh, I did most of the finished touches. Like you know how you were doing like painting and all mm-hmm. that. We ordered the stuff. I opened. I couldn't open business. Why? Because it was very hard for me to get the barber license. Oh, my so God. So now I, I got this guy that had invested in me, and I couldn't open the business. Like, the, late, the day that I tried to open with my student barber license, I knew I couldn't get it, but I was like, I was trying to see, figure it out, if I, if I can tug it out, and then yeah. I'll start to get it. The lady came out one day, and she's like, I haven't seen a beautiful barbershop in a long, long time. But sadly, this is not even a barbershop. This is just a nice place. And oh. I was like, yeah, you don't got no license. You cannot open up. This is not a barbershop until you get your license. No way. You so you had to get your license. Like, yeah. You're like, game like, on. Remember, I went to school, mm-hmm. but I remember I told you I went to the tribulation. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get in details on that tribulation, yeah, yeah. but the tribulation was pretty rough. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about rough. Yeah. So I kind of unsheath a little bit from the barbering. But I was still making the money, trying to make the money because I already had a vision. Yeah. So when I got to the vision, I I I came back with my girl and I started being more stable. Mm-hmm. I got like I'm gonna get my license. Where the opportunity came work way quicker than what I thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once you opened the shop, you couldn't you couldn't actually open it because you didn't have your license. How long did it take you to get your license? To, to me, like open? another month. Okay, so you you burned another month. And which... I had just had my I was in the middle of having my first kid. And I oh, had my first right. kid yeah. when that happened. Milo. Yeah. It's in 2018. Yeah. Milo was born in March. Yeah. And I opened in June. Yeah. So I had the place ready by March. He was born. You cannot study when I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot study with a kid in there. So no. my wife helped me so much because she's like, I got it. Wow. I need awesome. you to. I need you to, to really get this because she saw... I mean, she saw. She saw how... One idea got like this. Yep. You know what I mean? And we, you know, it's like, wow. Like, wow. Shout out your wife. Yeah. She yeah took, she's, wow. That's awesome. She's a real one. So mm-hmm. once, uh, once she, um, so I start, I start studying for the license. Mm-hmm. I missed two times. If you miss the third time, you got to go back to school. Bro. You know how much stress that put me that I missed the two times <laughs> and I know it. the third one and I got a shop already that is opened already. Yeah. And I had leave already the other shop and they start kind of like, Hating a little bit because you know they, in a barbershop when when the, when the barber opens his barbershop, most of the barber owner kind of hate a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't know if they hate a little bit on the grow or they hate, or they probably it's a bitter swatter because I feel like they're not gonna make money for him no more. Mm-hmm. They're gonna grow their own, but they gotta understand that at one point everybody gotta grow. Yeah. So I had that problem. So I had leave that place. At this point, I'm not generating thousands because I cannot cut there. So I had to kind of cut out my home. I was living in church, Churchill over there on these yeah. duplexes or fourplexes. I was cutting people in the garage. Like I had to keep eating in order for me to, you know what I mean? Because at this point I had put all my savings, all the money I had. Like I, so you're, I, yeah, you're all in at this point. Yeah, because I had lost everything before that. And mm-hmm. I realized that what's the worst What's the worst that can happen? I already lost everything you already hit, Yeah, you hit rock bottom once. So I can't only go up from here. Like, like. Oh. I, 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 there's three times in my life I have put all in the line. And it was the first time when I was homeless, the second time that I'd opened my business, and the third one when I opened Legends. 
a lot of people don't know that. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, you got two businesses, bro. You must be rich. Like, oh, man, life must be good. I don't think people... Some people don't understand what it, what it, what it, what it's like to actually own a business yeah. and or how much money you might make. Uh, yeah, like the little money I make. On, uh, you got to think. For first of all, I've been open since July the twelfth. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my investment back until last year. Yep. And then and then on top of that, last year, uh, oh no, two years ago, then the little money that came in, I put it all over. You reinvest it in in legends. Yep. So I could, yeah, I could be, I could have a Rolex if I want to. I probably could be in a nice car. It could be all the black go back to man. But reality is that that would have kept me so long and I would have never grew. Yep. So I decided, it's like, well, I lost everything once. I can lose it all again. Mm-hmm. And I put all my money in the second one with a little bit of help of the government, you know, yeah. when that SBP happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they helped me out a little bit. Wow. So that's when Legends came out. Mm. And I was like, now it's been a year and six months. And Legends did really good, like Legends, because the name was already there. Mm-hmm. Like, usually you take a barbershop to take four to five years, like, to Lee Summit to pop. Yeah, Lisa, yeah. Well, Legends pop in a year. Yeah, for for everyone listening, so I, I started going to One Million Cuts and Lee Summit. If you haven't been there, check them out. Y'all, I recommend them. They they kill the game. They are, they're you, the man. best in, in KC. Uh, and so I started going in 2018. Uh, a friend of mine reached out. Shout out Christian Lynch. He uh, he gave the, the plug. There's, those are good guys to know. I the love. ones that just like plug people. They're like, hey, you need to go here. Check this out. You know, I talked about Christian one day. I told her, look, bro, the best network is your network. Because right now, I probably I don't have a million dollars right now in the bank. Mm-hmm. But I got over probably a billion in connections. Yeah. <laughs> Does it make With sense? With a barbershop? Yes. You guys I you know, have the connections. Yeah. Like, real estate, I got it. Uh, car guy, I got it. Car wash guy, I got it. I got it. Like, I know everything for somebody. And it's because, not only because I, the way I do business is very genuine. Mm-hmm. And I like to connect with people. Like, most likely, if I know you, I'm going to ask you, like, if last time we spoke about your, your sweet 16 girl. Mm-hmm. Well, next time I'm going to talk to you, like, how was your sweet 16 girl? See, yeah. a lot of people don't even care. Or some people nowadays not even listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm very genuine on that. So I think like the network, it's your network. Yeah, I agree. And and it's actually funny because you've you've given me business throughout the years or just like provided opportunity. Just being like, hey, I know my guy Dawson or someone will reach out. Um, I mean, I met I met a guy uh, who was also on the podcast, Caleb Drinkard. We did we did a business together. Uh, and we were having a haircut next to each other. I think uh, some Harry or you were cutting his yeah. hair, and yeah, um, he all started in the barbershop. Yeah. I think we you're just first, talking about it. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong on this. Write me if I'm wrong. Okay, but I think I was the first. Uh, I gave you the first business on the real estate with with the drones because uh, you were doing weddings, and yes. then you kind of want to switch it. Yep. And once you did that one, it's like you, you never look back. I yeah. felt like you you started doing other stuff, other yeah. stuff, other stuff. Absolutely. No, that with was Caleb, big. Caleb. I think. Yeah, it was with Caleb. And, uh, yeah, it's funny how in a barbershop, like, in the chair, you can just talk about things. And, and I do appreciate that you guys is – even everyone that works at, yeah, at yeah, 1 yeah. Million, like, they care. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been a huge fan of you guys. I think you guys kill it. You appreciate do great you, work. Um, and I, I love, love your work, too. Thank you. Yeah, you have – man, your grow. It's amazing. We're going to collab. It's going to happen. We're going to – Definitely. We're going to just keep growing. And I, I think it is cool being in, a, in your spot, having a barbershop, being able to meet all the people that you do. Um, you do have unlimited connections 
everybody <laughs> that everyone that you know at least knows someone else that yep. the network in in a barbershop is incredible. Um, so yeah, to kind of fast track it and and uh, to kind of give the viewers or the listeners kind of a um, where you been, where how we you, at? Yeah, how you got to where you are. I mean, we got the Lee Summit shop um, is open. You got four chairs in there, I believe, mm-hmm. and then the Legends <laughs> shop. Um, I only got eight chairs. You got eight chairs in there. Um, and so y'all definitely go check out, um, 1 million cuts, but I kind of want to transition this conversation into advice that you would give either a new young barber coming up, um, something that you've learned along the way that you're like, man, this was the most important bit of information that's helped me grow to where I am today. Um, To a barber or to like a young entrepreneur? It could be, it could be either. Um, do you have one in mind? Like entrepreneur? um, young entrepreneur, I'll say you got to go out there and shake people's hands, man. Like, it's so powerful. When I shake your hand, there's an energy being transmitted by me to you. Yeah. We're shaking hands right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I realized that I did this on the jazz barbershop in Rayton, what I told you. I, I walked the whole Rayton Road. And if whoever knows Rayton, they know they start with this dealership and KFC. Mm-hmm. And it end up all the way to there's a Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Like everybody know that. All that strip, I shake every business owner, and I told them, "I'm the new barber in town. I would love to cut your hair first time on me." Oh yeah. In one year, I was cutting more than the owner. That's crazy. Also, they were they were comfortable. They were working from ten to six. I was working from seven to ten. So I was by by ten. I already had two hundred dollars in my pocket. I was like. I was already eating. Yeah. And I was locked in. I think in, in what you're saying there, the, the bit of advice is, man, you got to, one, put in the hours and work really hard. Because if you gave someone a deal and you say, I'm going to cut you for free, so that you can then hope that they come back the next time and the next you time and the next time, and you get that. You got to make sure you lace him up and yeah. you make him feel good because people remember how you make them feel. Absolutely. Like, people don't remember what you told them. They're going to remember how you make them feel. It's and good. if I make you feel good and you had a good time with me, your subconscious mind is gonna tell you like, that's yep, that's yep. You're gonna feel comfortable with it. Yeah, and that I felt that's my biggest advice. Go shake people's hand, tell them that what you're doing. If you got a business card, I used to do my, this goal and help me a lot too. It's a factor of things. I used to give every day ten to twenty business cards every day. I'll be in the um, in Valero mm-hmm. getting getting a cigarette. Well. The one before me, there was two people in the line. It's like, that's a nice cut, man. Where you get a haircut? Oh, man, you know, I got a haircut on down the street. It's like, well, man, I'll tell you this. If your barber can ever get you in or he's so busy because, you know, barbers get busy in the weekends. Busy, yeah. Hit me up. I'm yeah. in seven days a week. I'm right next to the corners, next to five guys. You can get you some food. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'll sell myself. Like, yeah. in every opportunity, I, I was able to get it yeah. when I was trying to get a lot of clients. I still promote. I don't promote like that before. I promote different because I think I, I my market has changed mm-hmm. with the years, just how the price. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'll say that's my biggest advice. That's Shakes awesome. people's hand. That's awesome. You get to know the people. You get, and that person might be the next investor for your business. That person might be the that connection that needs to get you to the next level. Bro, that's crazy because like you're literally saying the guy that you met in the barber chair, you're getting him a cut. He ends up being your connection to actually starting your business. He my was your investor. Yeah. That's See, that's like... I would have never, never had my second shop if that guy would have never came up aboard in the first shop. Yeah. And and you never know who who's going to be 
who's going to help you along the way or yeah. down the road or who's going to be in your life five years from now that yeah. you, you didn't even see coming. Uh, and so, I yeah. think people, uh, outsiders support you way more than the people that know you for the, for the longest, 100%. Ooh, that's I can prove it. I proved, I can prove it. And the way I can prove it is because I moved from Miami to here. Mm -hmm. And I would have never had this grow if I would have been from Miami. He, if I would be stayed in Miami, I felt like that leads to me personally. Because mm. people don't know you. People are going to judge you. People are going to stereotype you. They take it as what you present to them. Mm. It's kind of like Instagram. See, Instagram, you see these people on Instagram look like they got millions of dollars and yep. or like they want to look like these. Well, it's not like that. You know what yep. I mean? It's just illusion. It's just how you prepare yourself. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think social media, man, they do, they... It's it's skewed. It's not it's not reality. It's it's a good tool. Yeah, but it's a lot of well. What I've noticed for let's say young entrepreneurs or barbers, they they see this luxury lifestyle that maybe someone in you know big cities or even in Kansas City maybe they're killing it, um, and they're making tons of money and they got the watches, they got the chains, they got everything they only right. See the, the tip of the yeah. iceberg. But they don't see that. Hey, I went and I made I gave out twenty business cards and I was given free cuts for three years before my business started. And then I had to do this. And so they're like, oh, I just see that this is a very luxury lifestyle that yeah. I really want. Yeah. Um, and so I totally agree. I think social media, it's it's a great tool. But, man, if, if you're young and you you don't um, use social media with caution and you think very carefully, you, sometimes you can get in this mindset of, like, why am I not there yet? Why why is it not as easy as everyone else says it is? Yeah, and that's the worst yeah, because then you're like, I just, I'm awful. I'm not good just, at my job. I must be you're a just failure. cutting all your progress. Yeah, because when the moment you start focusing on somebody else's progress, you are wasting your progress, and on top of wasting your progress, you're cutting out your progress. Mm -hmm. It's the worst you can do. Yeah, I learned that a long time ago, man. Like I was a person like that before I start being. I changed my mindset. My mindset changed when I read this book. It's called um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, okay. Uh, it, it kind of changed your perspective on law of attraction. And the law of attraction says whatever you think the most, you will attract. Yep. Well, if I think something negative, I'm going to attract negative to my life. So I always be very careful with what I think. And if I'm in a bad negative state, I make sure I right away thinking something very nice. Could be beating Miami on a boat or it could be eating my favorite food. And I automatically change that state because I want to have my good aura. I want to be in a good state. Positive. I mean, you always say, you see me all the time. I'm never mad. I'm mm -hmm. never upset. I'm always either smiling, laughing, or talking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's me. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. <clears throat> um, let's do this. Uh, let's let's uh, switch into the uh, the worst mistake that you've ever made, maybe in business um, and or in life. Um, and you can kind of, uh, I don't know if you already have one kind of on mind that you want to bring up or talk about. I got a couple, but they I almost go all back to the same. And I want to I want to link it to what you learned from it, and like how that was a a learning tool for you down the road, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna do two. Okay, one personally and one financially. Okay, the personally I'll say, ego, bro. Ego will kill more opportunities than your bad habits. <laughs> and I repeat that again because bad habits are everywhere, and we all got them. We just sometimes don't know which where they are. But, um, yeah, uh, the first one. I, th I mean, even what you just said, like, uh, you said ego. Ego. Because, you see, there's a lot of people nowadays that, like, for example, and I'll put this a quick example. There's 
38 waters on this case I bought yesterday at Costco. Mm -hmm. Well, there's people asking for money. Mm -hmm. But you can get this case and sell it for a dollar. This case is only three ninety nine. You're talking about a case of water, thirty two bottles in this case. Thirty eight. It was thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay. And the case of bottle is in, it went a dollar up, so it's four ninety nine. Mm -hmm. It's five dollars. You can get thirty eight dollars out of this five dollar thing mm -hmm. and sell them. Mm -hmm. But people will not do that because of the ego. People will not do that because it's like I don't want nobody look at me sending waters. Mm -hmm. Well, if I ever got a goal that I want to go get something, I wouldn't mind sending some waters. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Gotcha. Like, so you're putting your pride, your ego aside, and you're saying I'm getting what I'm I'm going for. Because you, by not doing that else, it's like you are stopping your blessings. Your luck might be the same luck as me, but you you're stopping because of what people's gonna say. Fuck what people say. You know what I mean? Like we're not here in world to to be judged. We're here to do what I'm supposed to do and. You are supposed to do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? That's my thing. Yeah. Like, ego will kill your opportunities. You can have ego. If you go on a table that somebody that got more money than you, then learn from them. If you go to a, to a nice place and, and he got something you want, well, then ask him how he got there or what was he doing when he first started because obviously he's he's already in a different level. Like, it's okay to... to, to it's okay to not be the first guy. Like, Agreed. ego, bro. Ego will damage everything. Once you start getting money, just make sure you keep it humble. You don't have to treat bad the other guy. Like, I say hi to the guy that even pick up the floor, the trash. Because you, you can't have ego, man. You got to be humble. So I say humble and, and ego, is they go hand in hand. No, I totally agree. I think even uh, when you were saying, if you see someone that has something that you like or, or you want or you want to be like them, uh, go and ask them. And that takes humility to say, like, hey, I'm not where you are. And you don't have to puff yourself up and say, hey, I'm this, you know, person that's can I can be equal with you. Yeah. When in reality, uh, in, in whatever level, if you think they have something that you don't, you're, you obviously aren't equal with them. So what I'm trying to say is you have to humble yourself. But then it's okay to be a work in progress. It's yeah. okay to be like, hey, I'm on That's, my way up. I'm Nobody want to be a work in progress. Yeah. They, like. So you don't have to puff yourself up. It's no. okay. And, and I think successful people, or, or um, if that's financial success or whatever the definition of success, what you're going after, they understand hard work. They understand the, the coming up stages. They understand yeah. building. Uh, and they so have there's lost, no shame in it. And they have, have more shame than anybody else because if you got to think about it, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Like, people don't know you were here painting this motherfucker 24 hours. Yeah. Getting home, watered all white, yeah. watered all black out of your skin. Yeah. They don't know that, but a lot of people don't want to get dirty. A lot of people don't want to go through the process. Yep. They want to skip the process. Yep. The financial mistake, I'll say, when I open the second store, mm -hmm. mind you, I don't know this because I'm not a, the most accountable, accountable, accountant guy. Yeah, yep. I got a, I got two big mistakes. One is that I've been, I was jumping. I say been because I got two years with the same person. But I was jumping on who do my taxes. That's a big no. Big no. Big no. Big no. Big no. <laughs> you don't want to. You so you're saying you need to have the same tax person? Or like, okay, so go into that. Yeah, what are you saying with taxes? You got to have the same person that do your taxes because that person, it might take a year to understand how you run your business. Even though you explain it to her a hundred times, it might take a year for her to understand the business 
understand your demographics, understand your cash flow, understand your transaction flow. Like, is is I cannot say how important it is to keep your same account guy or your same task guy. If you jump into jumping, that was my mistake. <clears throat> I could have saved a ton of money. My other second mistake it was when I opened the second store. Me thinking that it was gonna be easier, I put in the same bank account of the first one. Well, that was a big mistake because it's a different LLC. So oh yeah, I'm supposed to have this LLC with this bank account and this LLC with this bank account. Yep. Oh, bro. Well, you gotta think, but you I didn't know, and also you gotta think when I first opened the second one. I'm trying the best to kind of keep the bills paid. So the first one got to help out because I'm not about to help out. I've already been helping the first one out for years. Yes. So I'm trying my best to where like, okay, that's what I did. That, that was my common sense in that time. I was like, didn't know at the end of the year that I had to go to every transaction mm. every day. And there's a bunch of transactions every day. Yo, that and is- separate oh. them, each of them. So at the end of the year, because... I, that's something you cannot give to your accountant because your accountant might know what the light is and what, mm-hmm. the, what the water on the YouTube TV is, Bill. Mm-hmm. But he don't know everything else, so you got to be there for him. So yeah. That hurts me. What you just said, like, I feel because I, I don't like taxes. I don't like the accounting <laughs> side. I'm really bad I at it. it. I, hate it I have someone that does it. Um, shout out Chelsea. She's, like, the greatest uh, and the most amazing, and she does literally everything and, and does amazing work. Um, and I'm, I just can't. Uh, my brain's not wired in that way. Like, I understand where finances need to go. And uh, the, <laughs> I just know if I have to go and sit down and look at spreadsheets of my transactions and pick them out, it's like, that would kill me inside. <laughs> yeah. So I feel for you. And I could tell if I had to. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened because <laughs> yeah. that's tough. That's bad. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, have a system set up. Talk to someone who knows accounting or taxes. If you're going to start something, understand what an LLC is. Understand a business bank account. Get you always an escort. Understand the best way. where you need to put all these this money because at the end of the year, when tax season comes. Uncle Sam is going to come get his sister. He's coming, bro, and you got to be ready. You got to be ready. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of advice in there, and, and I'm not an accountant, so uh, don't. Like, whatever I say, just, yeah, go find someone who's an expert and talk to them. Right, but, right. Man, yeah. George, I appreciate this. I think this was a this was really good. I, I hope that some people got some uh, some good wisdom from this. And yeah. I know I learned a lot about you. I didn't know uh, a lot about your backstory and how you kind of get up here and, and all the the trials that you went through to get to your shop. Yeah. Um, but I'm encouraged by you, uh, just for the appreciate way that you, you have um, persevered through all the hardships. Appreciate um, you. So Jorge, I appreciate you, dude. I am a customer for life. You got me. Thank I appreciate you, you dude. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you, man. Um, if uh, I do want to give you the floor one more time. If uh, if people want to find you or go to your shop or reach out, how would they book an appointment? How would they find you, social media, all that stuff? Yeah. So um, we open seven days a week um, from 9 to 9. Um, the way best, fastest way to get an appointment is calling the shop number. That shop number will get you an appointment either for Lee Summit or for Legends. So you either call the shop or you can download the app Bootsy. And then on Booksy, you type 1 million cuts, and they appear 1 million cuts at the Summit and 1 million cuts at Legends. So you just pick, and you can make an appointment 24-7. You don't have to be 
If you don't want to call, you do it on the app. If you don't want to do it on the app, you can just come to the shop, and I got a lady that can make an appointment for you. Perfect. So, all right, so everyone, go call the shop. Go find them. We got one in Lee Summit, one in the Legends. Y'all need to go check out this place. They do great work. Yes, sir. All right, I appreciate you, dude. Appreciate you, man. See y'all.